Welcome back to the channel with another podcast. I was not able to get a video put together for this one. Uh, just computer difficulties, just annoying stuff basically, but I still will have the big facts for you in this video. So these are my 2019 breakout fantasy football wide receivers for the 2019 season. Uh, before I show you why I believe these two players and a couple of honorable mentions will be breakout receivers, let's hit the intro and get started. We want to tell you about an up-and-coming fantasy football company called FFBCast. FFBCast records po custom podcasts for your fantasy league as well as live stream mock drafts all off-season long. When you sign your league up for its custom podcast at FFBCast.com, don't forget to also check out their Twitch channel. FFBCast pro provides many options when it comes to covering your fantasy league, such as their Quick Clip Clips episode that offers a video option where FFBCast will live stream the recording on their Twitch channel for the masses to view, all while displaying your league's webpage so you can see and hear about what is being discussed. FFBCast is on the rise in the fantasy football industry, and the experts have agreed to do guest appearances on different fantasy podcasts. Confirmed experts such as Denny Carter, Matt Harmon, and Marcus Grant have all been featured on different podcasts. Visit FFBCast.com today for your league's very own custom podcast. If you think back to the 2018 season, what did Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, and Cooper Cup all have in common? Well, they were all breakout receivers, so obviously going along with the video, I took these four players, and I had a charts put together, and obviously the video didn't work like I said, but I used these three players, identified three key um, components or skills to their game. So the three things are production premium, which basically takes the uh, yards, catches, targets, the overall player's game, compares that to the average, so receiver in this case, um, in the league at the time. QBR when targeted, obviously it makes sense to keep the rating when the ball is thrown to them. Um, pretty self-explanatory. QB rating is basically how good the QB is. Um, a lot of aspects go into that, but we won't hop into that. And then target premium is it basically compares um, the extra yards gained compared to the other. It's like basically how good they were compared to the other receivers on the team for that year. So like I said, I had Tyler Boyd, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, and Cooper Cup. So in the production premium category, um, Boyd was seventh, Lockett was first, Ridley fourth, Cup ninth. So as you can see, Cup was the worst at ninth, and Cup barely even played half the season. So he, you could probably say seventh was the worst in Tyler Boyd. Um, but obviously, top ten there, very, very good numbers, which, in my opinion, like I said, led to their breakout. Um, QBR when targeted, the worst was Tyler Boyd at eighth. The rest were all uh, Lockett was third, Ridley was sixth, Cup was fourth. So yet again... Um, really, really good when targeted. Could be the quarterback, could be them, could be the lack of defense guarding them. A lot of, a lot of things go into that. But obviously that means they were good when the ball is thrown to them. It makes sense. They broke out last year. The target premium, um, Tyler Boyd is 11th. Tyler Lockett was third. Cooper Cup was 17th. And Ridley was 20th. And Ridley and Cup kind of, obviously because you're comparing it to the other receivers in the team, and it's not like Ridley's going to be better than Julio Jones. Like if you get what I'm saying – He's not going to have a better um, rating than Julio, even though he's a very, very good receiver. And then Cup along the lines of they have Cooks and uh, Woods there. So it would be kind of hard to crack top 10 numbers with two other viable, especially in fantasy wide receiver ones, low-end ones, high-end, high, very, very high-end twos. Um, so obviously the worst, they're top 20 in all those three categories. So obviously they're, I mean, if you think about it, they're like a starting receiver, which they were last year. So then I took these 
those four players, these three categories, and I translated that into how I believe, um, well, I had a big list of breakout players, and I kind of narrowed it down to the T's two players, and then, like I said, honorable mentions um, that I would get to at the end of the video. So my first player that will, not I think will, but will break out for the 2019 season is Anthony Miller, sophomore receiver for the Chicago Bears out of the, I want to say Memphis Tigers. I think it was Memphis. I don't know his college name. But last year, put up a stat line of 33 receptions, 423 touchdowns, seven touchdowns, 423 yards, sorry, seven touchdowns in 15 games. Um, I think he kind of banged up his knee or something. Not really for sure, but he missed two games there. Um, and then, obviously, I have the charts, and I'm going to kind of go through how his numbers played into that. So the production premium, which compares it based to an average, was 29th. And this is, I think, kind of just due to the Bears' um, like lackluster offense, you could say. Not necessarily like they were bad, but they were just kind of slow. Just played slower than the other, a lot of other teams in the NFL. Um, and that was due to the fact there's a new coach. Running back situation was kind of splitting. Trubisky's still developing. So a lot of factors go into that. But he was still good. 29th is still very good compared to all the receivers in the league. QBR went targeted 13th, so another good number there. Target premium, again, comparing it to the other receivers uh, or pass catchers on the team, not necessarily receivers. He was seventh, so a top ten number, putting him right in that group of the last four from last year. Um, and out of all of his targets, his red zone, like targets in the red zone, were 20.4% of all of his targets, which obviously translated into his seven touchdowns, which is very helpful in fantasy. Kind of kept him up there with the lack of yards and receptions, because um, full-point PPR, obviously, is how I uh, go through my analysis. And right now he's in an ADP of 12.04. So if he does break out of this spot, which, um, I mean, I think I could see him moving up if he does really good in, like, training camps or whatever. There's a bunch of news. But around round 12, you're kind of feeling, like, for me, your quarterback spot. But a lot of people are just kind of taking depth or high upside pieces. So he's very viable. Or, I mean, he's very low – I mean, we don't have very good sample size, but he's very low risk, high reward, because he can still net in those seven touchdowns to allow you to have a flex piece here and there. Um, and like I said, if you follow me on Twitter, if not, I'll put it down below, um, which I do have a new account. So just go check that out if you don't follow me. I kind of wanted to rebrand a bit just to make this more personal. But I got the Roto-Viz like NFL package, fantasy package, as well as the um, ultimate draft kit from the fantasy footballers. So I'm using the both tools here for kind of this analysis. So I had all these charts ready to go and put on the screen. Computers is being down. I need to figure that out. But I took Mr. Trubisky's, um, it's called his AYA chart, but we're not going to look at that. It's like adjusted yards uh, per attempt. We don't worry about that. We're just strictly looking at where the majority of his targets or throws were um, in terms of depth and left, middle, right of the field. So from 0 to 15 yards, um, he received the v much, much bulk of his targets. Um, do some quick math here. It'd be 76% of his targets were less than 15 yards um, down the field. And then whatever that'd be, 20-some percent, 15-plus uh, yards. So normally this would be kind of concerning to every uh, fantasy player drafting a receiver with a team that does not throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. But however... This relates perfectly into Anthony Miller. As I'm looking on the screen, obviously I was going to show you, but I can't. 
Um, his route, and I didn't even know his route tree percentage. So out of all the routes he ran all year, the percentages of each route um, that he ran. So the bigger ones, um, so he, he did run nine routes, a go route, quite often, 10%, a post route, 9.2%. And I don't really know if that could be due to the fact that they're kind of losing at the end of the game, the lack of really their only deep threat at receiver was Gabriel. I mean, because it's not like Allen Robinson did much deep threat. Cohen had to stay short. Like they're, Anthony Miller fit perfect into the, the Nagy offense, and I, that's why I'm loving him as a breakout, especially a very good uh, buy in Dynasty. But back to the route tree percentage, um, his – I mean, I'm trying to do some math. I probably should do this beforehand. But at least 40, 54% of his routes were curl, slant, screen, and the flat route. So um, obviously if you know routes – or like I played receivers, so it kind of helped. But obviously if you know routes – um, very well. Those are all very, very short routes. And not to mention the out routes and the dig routes were 11% combined. So if, like, probably 60-ish percent of his routes at maximum were 15 yards. So if you correlate that back into Trubisky's um, chart, target chart, um, what did I say, 70-some percent, 76% of his targets were less than 15 yards. So it's not like, it's not like Trubisky's going to change that because they didn't draft a deep ball receiver. They actually drafted David Montgomery, and that's it. Gabriel is kind of, eh, I think he just kind of had a last go-around type season. But Anthony Miller, um, strictly by the routes he ran, and he's only going to get better at these routes, obviously. He's a sophomore receiver. Trubisky's a third year, I believe. Probably his, It's basically his sophomore year of like actually like having fantasy value or having like more confidence because he has Matt Nagy there. Um, and I guess one other thing for Miller, he was given a 50 percent success rate um, based on Matt Harmon's reception and perception grades. And yes, that is kind of concerning to me, but to me, I think that kind of ties more into obviously he was a rookie last year. That offense is very, very spread out. Trubisky's improving, but now I think with the whole offseason, like I was saying, no really competition at receiver. I mean, they got Cordero Patterson, but we all know how that always goes. He's just going to be a specialist guy. But it's going to be Miller and Robinson. Like, those are the two. And then maybe, um, I want to say Manuel Hall, I think, is the guy that's been kind of been some, like, dynasty sleepers by a lot of the experts in the industry. But um, so that's all I have for him. I really think he's going to break out this year. He's probably my top. And then my next guy here, Robert Foster of the Buffalo Bills, is probably my second. And then I'll hop into my honorable mention at the end. So Robert Foster, stat line kind of underwhelming like Anthony Miller due to the fact that he really only – became relevant end of the year um, when Josh Allen kind of became relevant. So they kind of tied in together, which is kind of cool to me because I really like Josh Allen as well. But um, 27 receptions, 541 yards, three touchdowns. Production premium, it didn't give me a number for some reason on player profile, but it gave me plus 31.5. And Tyler Lockett, who was in first for that um, category, had like a plus 50-ish. And a lot of guys that were in the plus – I want to say 15, we're in like 20th. So I think that's going to probably place him top sixth is my guess. And that does make sense if I like kind of take a step back and try and picture like the more efficient receivers last year just because, I mean, the games he went nuts, he would go for like five catches, 110 yards and a touchdown. Like you, you don't get that every week um, from your receivers. And the QBR when targeted was 12th. Um, so obviously Josh Allen, very inaccurate QB for year one, but when he targeted him, he was very accurate kind of shows that he's his favorite receiver and the target premium comparing to the other pass catchers on the team was second. So kind of just second overall, like in the league, but 
that's how they compare it. So it really shows that he was Josh Allen's favorite target. Um, you really can't argue that. I mean, John Brown's in the team now, but I think Foster has more skill than John Brown. Zay Jones is there, but he's been very underwhelming. Um, he's been kind of hyped. He was hyped up way too much, in my opinion. And they have uh, Cole Beasley, which is he's not going to be taking. Um, he's not going to be taking any reps from Robert Foster anytime soon. I don't think. But in weeks 12 through 16, he was the wide receiver 19 right around the playoff times. That's when Josh Allen, I think, was a top five QB during the playoffs. And he had a, he had 24% of the team's um, fantasy points to the wide receiver. So yet again, just more stats showing that he is Josh Allen's favorite target. And with Josh Allen being the franchise QB, I do not see that changing anytime soon. Um, ADP 14.07. So you can, even get him, you can get him even later than Anthony Miller. And if you really just keep – I mean, I think he can be a flex piece, in my opinion. I don't really know how to get finished as a wide receiver, too, but I think he could be a solid flex, which, I mean, round 14, that's going to be awesome. And then, I don't know. I, Miller can be a wide receiver, too, I think, at the end of the year. I think Foster's a flex. So these really aren't, like, breakouts in the sense where they're going to be, like, top 10 in the position, but they're kind of like – I think they're going to break out in their overall game, which is going to lead them to having tremendous value in drafts um, for the 2019 season. Uh, that's all I have for him. I couldn't find much charts and stuff because he didn't do a reception perception for Robert Foster. But the honorable mentions, I did say I would do those. Robbie Anderson was on my list to start, but I think the numbers didn't really back up for him, but I think he's in a good enough role if Darnold plays well to where he could because he was up there in, wide receiver, in the playoffs time, like wide receiver top 10 up there. Um, another one I put, if you listen to our other podcast about the post-draft risers and fallers, um, Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison because obviously someone has to be a number two receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Don't know who it's going to be. I've kind of split my revenue of my dynasty leagues just to kind of some guaranteed one, I guess you could say. Um, another one that I think could have sneaky value, even though rookies do not have very, many, very much value right away, is DK Metcalf. Um, I think he could have the Calvin Ridley role he did last that Ridley had last year with like ten touchdowns, just because Doug Baldwin's gone. I'm not a huge fan of Lockett, and someone has to catch passes for Russell Wilson. So I could see him. You could probably get him pretty late in redraft. Dynasty, obviously, have to get him to rookie draft because I'll probably net him end of the first, maybe even second. And then I put a Dolphins receiver just because I'm kind of seeing these articles kind of pop up a lot where, like, people are liking Albert Wilson, then some are liking Kenny Stills, then some are liking Parker. And um, all I can say is that Fitzpatrick is the quarterback – a receiver will have fantasy value. Um, I, my personal, I think it's going to be Parker. Obviously, Wilson has the like deep threat ability, but I think Parker's the better, well-rounded receiver there. So I think he will really break out if Fitzpatrick is at QB. Uh, so that's all I have for my breakout receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's enough convincing evidence for these two to break out for the season. I don't need... I don't really have any other reasoning besides that, but I think that is viable reasoning as to why these two players will have great fantasy seasons. Um, let me know on like Twitter or I guess it will be YouTube, but I can get the video to work. I'm probably still going to post this on YouTube just with a thumbnail or something, but let me know down below uh, who you think is going to break out for the season. If you think these guys will, um, if you think another receiver on this team, like Allen Robinson, or like I said, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Zay Jones is going to break out. Um, just yeah anything ask me questions about your fantasy teams and i'll answer them and i will see you next time